More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Thanks to all of you for being with us. Toll free, our number, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this uh, program, we'd love to have you join us today. Plenty of time uh, plenty of time today uh, for your calls. Um, this is getting interesting. We have Bill O'Reilly later today, uh, back from Wyoming. What is an O'Reilly vacation in Wyoming like? I can't see Bill hanging out where the Buffalo roam. I don't know why, but I'll ask him about it. Um, then we've got uh, Dr. Ronnie Jackson. Now, Dr. Ronnie Jackson was the White House physician, and he took care of both President Obama and President Trump. And he is now calling for Joe Biden to take immediately a, a cognitive test. Now, remember, the media was demanding Donald Trump take it. Donald Trump took it. I, and I, I got the whole story during one interview I had with him. I said, so tell me how this all came about. I, he said... Uh, okay, I'm getting sick and tired of people asking me to take the test, so I'm going to take it. And he said he talked to the doctors. They said they they gladly administer it, but then they also said whatever the results are, once we say we're giving it to you, we, we have to release them. He said, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm, and I've been around Donald Trump. I know everyone that worked with him. He wears everybody out around him. He outworks everybody, sleeps maybe four hours a night. That's, you know, about my average, too, four or five, whatever. And so he took the test and he aced it. He got, I think it was 30 out of 30 was the number. And so Dr. Ronnie Jackson is saying, you know, look, look, let's just be blunt here. The only people in denial about Joe being weak and frail and a cognitive mess are the media mob and big tech. Joe Biden is a cognitive mess. If he takes this test, and I don't, I think hell will freeze over before he ever took it, because everybody around him, the people that tell him that he's going to get in trouble if he answers a question, um, they're not going to let him take the test because they know probably a lot more than we do, which raises questions. What did they know about Joe's cognitive state? When did they know it? And why didn't they disclose it as they should have been transparent with we, the American people? 
because that's something I think Americans would want to know. And the media mob and big tech, they let Joe Hyde in his basement bunker. It was the candidate protection program. Now it's the presidential protection program. But it was really bad at the G7. You know, the, the, the 10 seconds of silence. You know, when you call Vladimir a killer, do you still think he's a killer? Um, you know, um, Vladimir you know, Putin laughed you know. at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? <laughs> answer the first question. The first question. <laughs> I'm laughing, too. Me, too. They actually, I... Uh, here we go. No answer. Well, look, no I mean, answer. he has made clear that... Uh, uh-huh. uh, that what? That what? He made clear what? What did he make clear, Joe? The answer is... The answer is... I believe he has in believe. the past essentially uh-huh. acknowledged that he was... Uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. This is, a, this is an unmitigated disaster. He's a cognitive mess. He's not going to take the test. Now, here's what's interesting and new today, and we'll talk to Ronnie Jackson later. When New York Democrat Congressman, uh, the Congressman, uh, Congress, I, I don't know, I don't know Mondaire Jones. Do you know Mondaire Jones? I don't even know who it is from New York. I should know, but I don't. Anyway, was at the White House for a signing of a proclamation making Juneteenth the national holiday last week. And he told President Biden that their party needed more him more involved in passing voting legislation on the Hill. In response, Biden, this quote, this is a Democratic congressman, said he just stared at me, Jones said, describing an awkward silence that passed between the two. Now, why is this rel- why is this somewhat important? Because Democrats are saying, "Oh my gosh, this guy he's 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 not all there." That's what the congressman's saying, you know. And for for Jones, this moment, and I'm reading from the AP. The AP is reporting this. You know, a growing number of Democratic activists describing this. This they're they're calling it a lackluster engagement from Biden and and Kamala Harris. By the way, Kamala, speaking of her, apparently now that Donald Trump uh, announced his trip to the border next week and I will be there. We're doing a town hall with President Trump and with uh, Governor Greg Abbott. Um, I don't know if it's going to be open to the public. When I get details, I'll let you know. Anyway, so finally. After what, 10, 11, 12 weeks, whatever it is. Now, finally, she's going to visit the U.S.-Mexico border on Friday. Finally. She finally set El Paso, Texas. She'll go with the Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. And, uh, you know, the first step, we have to find out the reasons why people are coming. They're coming because you and Joe told them to come. That's why they're coming. How do I know? Because we've had investigative reporters interviewing the people that are coming. That you are expediting into the country, turning nobody away. And then in the dark of night, shipping out to the states so they can provide food, water, shelter, health care, and a free education. Courtesy of the American taxpayers. Um, anyway, the White House characterized the issue as uh, the, the fight of his presidency. And, and this is now happening more and more. His own team. I mean, I'm not allowed to take questions. If I take questions, I'm going to get in trouble. So it's an... You know, the Washington Free Beacon. Now, they had the word satire. I'm not sure why. 
But an awkward Biden suffers awkward dementia scare in meeting with Democratic lawmaker. You know, I don't know what his condition is. All I know is when I show you videos on my TV show, because I think it's more effective than just playing Joe, although we have great montages of Joe and his cognitive mess of a state, you know, you get to see it and you see how bad it is. It's the problem is the media mob can protect them all they want, but they're saying privately, even some of them to me that, yeah, we see it too. Anybody I talk to asked me, is he going to make it these four years? I, you know, no way he makes it four years. How long do you think Kamala before she gets sworn in? You know how many times it happens every time I go out, anytime I see people. So I don't think these these rogue nations, these hostile regimes like Vladimir Putin's or or President Xi's or the mullahs in Iran or Kim Jong-un or radical Islamic terrorist groups, they're not being influenced by the mob in American media or big tech. They're, they're assessing American presidents every second of every day. That's what they do. Now, this uh, this talk, this push now to end the filibuster, I actually got a list. How many times have Democrats used the filibuster since 2001? What do you think the answer is? Linda, you have a guess? You want to give it a shot? Gosh, I don't know. Uh, A lot. (laughs) 806 times. I would have never guessed that. 806. I was going to guess like 200. In 2020, they used it 115 times. 2019, 212 times. 2018, 123 times. 2017, 78 times. And I can go on and on and on. Wow. Yeah. Oh, but now it's evil. Um, it, it, These are very, very hard, difficult, and, and troubling times. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Um, Obama now is out there warning that Republicans may steal the 2020 midterm elections. Now, here's what I'm having a hard time understanding. If they don't like voting laws as they are, how come nobody but me points out that one state that has some of the most restrictive laws is Joe Biden's home state that he's represented, as I've been saying, for 5,000 years He's never lifted a finger to create more accessibility for the people of the Delaware for voting. They don't have 17 days of in-person early voting like Georgia. They don't have drop boxes anywhere in Delaware. They don't have no excuse absentee voting or voting by mail like they do in Georgia. Um, And both Georgia and Delaware have voter identification standards, the same exact ones. So how does Joe, Stacey Abrams, Raphael Warnock, how do they get away with this big lie, Jim Crow 2.0? Now, Obama seems to now want to weigh in on everything. And now Obama is, you know, he's, he's, you know, now talking about warning that Republicans are preparing to steal the 2022 midterms. Okay, None of these things that are in H.R. 1 or S.R. 1 that was defeated by the Republican Senate last night were around and implemented when he ran and won in 2008 and when he ran and got reelected in 2012. This this for the people's act is like, no, it's not for the people's act. It's not that at all. It's the, the corrupt politicians keep in power act. 
Anyway, Obama's now urging Democrats to pass this voting rights legislation. He didn't need it to win in 2008 or 2012. So that, that doesn't hold any water with anybody. Um, we're now watching a number of things happen. Look, I, I've said this before. Everyone keeps asking me, are you watching what's happened in Maricopa County? They're doing an audit. Okay, yeah, of course I'm watching. That's my job. Are you watching Fulton County? Yes. Are you aware Pennsylvania might audit? Yes. Are you aware Wisconsin might audit? Yes. Are you aware Michigan might audit? Yes. I'm aware of all of that. You know, now the question is, people keep asking, well, what, what happens if the, if the vote count changes and, and it's reversed? I said, well, I've talked to a lot of constitutional attorneys. I'll bring them on again, and we can talk about it again. But there's no, there, there's no written constitutional remedy for an audit that would change an outcome of an election. It doesn't exist. Now, for something to actually be done, you need either one or two things to happen, both of which I don't see happening. One, you'd need legislatively Congress to act and a president to sign a bill. That's never going to happen. Then secondly, you're going to need uh, a court like the Supreme Court to take it up. Sorry to say, but the John Roberts court is deeply politicized and there's no way in hell do I see any scenario under which that happens. Now, maybe some of you are mad that I'm telling you the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. Is it what I think it should be? No. Is, is it good to do the audit? Yes. But I stand by what I say. What happens now matters a lot for 2022. And that's why I keep telling all of you, you know, if you want if, if you want the Constitution to work, it says that state legislatures, they determine the time, the manner, the place in which elections are held in their individual states. H.R. 1, S.R. 1 wanted to take that power away. Five things are needed. If you want integrity in elections going forward, one is voter ID, two, signature verification, three, chain of custody, control of ballots so nobody can tamper with them, four, updated voter rolls for every election to make sure they're up to up to date, and five, most states have statutory language allowing partisan observers to watch the vote count up close from start to finish. Those are the five things that need to be done now before 2022 that's where my focus is that's what has to happen if you want integrity in the election process and to have confidence in the election results just like they screwed up florida in 2000 and later in 2016 you put changes in place you learn from your mistakes and you move on that's what's needed now I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? It look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So New York State gets $40 billion in Joe's Blue State bailout. You know what, Linda, did you read the New York Post today? They're actually spending money on in New York City on the post-pandemic sex guide. Did you see this in the paper today? I read they, the they, Post they, every they day. City officials put out a guide to have, have sex, and, get, and they want you to get kinky in the era of COVID. This is what they say. I'm reading directly. This is what people all around the country, you paid for this. This, this New York City health official guidelines, the Department of Health, safe pandemic sex. Uh, they urge you to get vaccinated and jabbed uh, before engaging in the what some have dubbed the slutty summer of 2021. Quote, make it kinky, officials uh, suggest. Be creative with sexual positions and physical barriers like walls. Walls. I'm, re- I'm reading verbatim. That allows sexual contact while preventing close face-to-face contact. Or you can do synchronized, do-it-yourself. I won't go any further than that. Then they said if you want to engage in, you know, they, they advise you to, to avoid sex parties. Did you ever hear these things? I haven't. The guide says for those that insist on having sex parties and you want to get your groove fully back this summer, uh, they want you to get the jab before you attend the get-togethers with large groups and having group sex with multiple sex partners or sex with people that you don't know. And by all means, pick larger, more open, well-ventilated spaces if you want to be involved in these orgies. Should I keep going or is that about enough? I mean, I think we're good. Okay. And then we've got first graders, now six-year-olds. You know, we got cartoons in school showing them, you know, talking about masturbation. Why, why are taxpayers involved in this crap? Um, do, do, do people really think that they're going to read the guidelines and change what they were going to do anyway? Uh, I, it's, it's, you can't make this. 
Adam Schiff up. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I 25 to the top of the air. Why is my staff getting mad at me that the, the headline in the uh, in the New York Post was Johnson and Johnson? Uh, the New York City health officials put out their post-pandemic kinky sex guide. I I'm, don't get mad at the, the messenger here. It's not me. I didn't pay for it. I'm not the one that suggested teaching masturbation to six-year-olds and first graders. Good grief. It's like, why am I getting in trouble for this? Um, I think it says a lot about Cuomo and de Blasio, just as an aside. Yeah, but we'll use it. But remember, the blue state bailout, every other state is contributing to this crap. Because if they didn't get the $40 billion in Joe's blue state bailout money, they wouldn't be able to afford this crap. That's the point. We're all paying for this. Um, you know what's getting stranger and stranger? Joe keeps saying over and over and over again, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm gonna, I, if, I, if, I, if I take a question, I'm going to get yelled at. My team won't let me. This is getting pretty pathetic, which goes into Joe's. The reason his staff doesn't want him to take questions is he's not capable of answering them. And he's a cognitive mess. Listen. I don't have it. But I gave, gave it to my staff. But I carry it with me in my pocket. Hey, do I have that around anyone? Where's my staff? 
I gave it away anyway. Looking for my mask. I'm in trouble. Am I supposed to speak now or is, yes. is Karen supposed to speak? I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble here. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble with my my staff. Yeah, go ahead. I pretend that you didn't answer you. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to just last question I'll take. And I, I'm really going to be in trouble. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to get in trouble with staff. I don't do this the right way. There are multiple black women being considered. Multiple. Well, you know, Thanks so much. That's really our time. I apologize. You can't do that to black media. You I can't do that to white media and black media because my wife has to go on at six o'clock. Okay. Oh, uh oh, I'm in trouble. What does he mean he's getting in trouble all the time? Do it. What he did it two or three times when he was abroad in that disastrous trip. You notice there's no fallout. That you know, th th there's absolutely zero fallout. For Rhode Island Senator Whitehouse and now being defended by fellow Democrats, being a member of what is, is stated, what they're saying is a an all white beach club. And, and he stays in the club and he won't answer the question. Um, there is growing anger among the the squad and the new radical Green New Deal folks they 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 are they're apoplectic over the failure to get this power grab voting bill through and get their agenda through and that Joe's they're now beginning slowly but surely they're beginning to turn on Joe Biden um Biden's going to try and change the topic he's going to talk about crime and lie to the nation about the cause of uh soaring crime rates in the country and and I'm telling you right now it's not going to go well for them because this is one big lie. You know, now they're, they're, they're not worried, apparently, that the American people will blame Democrats right up until next year's midterm elections for the anti-cop policies, the defund effort, the dismantle effort, the no bail effort. That, that's not coming from Republicans. That's coming from Democrats. That's Democrats. Uh, pol that's their policy. That's their ideas that they're implementing. That's not a Republican policy. Republicans believe in law and order and safety and security, and they back the police. This bill that would get rid of indemnification of police officers would end policing as we know it, because every cop, anytime the cop arrests somebody, they're going to get sued and they're going to have to hire their own attorney. So now what the strategy that they've adopted is, well, we're just going to blame Republicans for all of this. Well, that's not going to work either. I mean, the White House's answer is, well, though this didn't start on our watch, all the riots. They didn't even mention the riots last year. There were nearly 300 of them. You know, there's no intellectual honesty or consistency. We condemned the riots all summer, last summer, and identified them for what they were. Democrats, their silence was deafening because they didn't want to piss off their base in the lead up to an election, which probably would have happened. But Republicans spoke out. It was Republicans that that were urging the National Guard to be called up. All Democrats want to talk about is the, quote, insurrection of January 6th. That, that can't happen either. And we've been very outspoken about both. Got to protect our institutions, protect our politicians. It doesn't matter what their political point of view is at all. Anyway, so they're now stressing in the run up to this, this, you know, Joe Biden, this, speech i guess biden's giving 
that the spike in violent crime began in May of 2020. You didn't even acknowledge it all last summer. Defund, dismantle, no bail. Those are all radical, extreme, new Green Deal, socialist, democratic policies. That's their idea that's being implemented. They're the ones responsible for this. By the way, not good for Hunter Biden. Uh, Miranda Devine uh, was able to pick up new information from Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. Maybe a brand new question that circle back Jen Psaki needs to be asked at one of her White House briefings. Uh, why did President Biden allow his sleazebag son, apparently, according to Miranda Devine, uh, was using his Joe's money to pay for hookers on on Joe's personal credit card? You think Joe might have known about this last time I checked. Also, paying for sex is illegal in every state in the union. Uh, that would be prostitution. And Miranda Devine put out all the ugly details and. Apparently, Hunter was having these escapades with 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 hookers, and uh, it's all documented on the laptop from hell. A glimpse into, you know, his, the, the debauchery that was his, you know, crack attic life at the time. Also raising questions about how much his finances were mingled with Joe Biden. Nobody's asked the question about Joe Biden and the fact that he lied three times, saying he never talked to his son. Not one time did I ever talk to my son about his foreign business dealings. But now we got pictures from the laptop from hell of Joe Biden going to dinner with, as vice president, with Hunter Biden's foreign business associates. You would think that they might get a little bit of a, a, attention there. You got to give some credit to Republicans. Every once in a while, they, they get something right. They All 50 of them, that includes Romney, Sass. Uh, Murkowski and company all blocked the power grab voting bill. You know, the one that would have no voter ID ever whatsoever. So they deserve credit when they do something right. Uh, Manchin, by the way, how many times have I said I never trust Manchin? He always ends up caving. He ended up joining the Democrats supporting that voting bill, as did Senator Sinema. Are they going to now cave on the issue of the legislative filibuster because there was an indication in a phone call that Joe Manchin didn't think would ever make be public that he's open to it. So I don't know. You know, I don't know who to trust, who to believe at any point in time, anymore, period, end of sentence. I just don't know. Um, anyway, uh, Cudlow has ripped Hunter Biden's $500,000 paintings. The guy's a crack addict. He's not an artist. He has no training. How do you sell... Linda, that would be like me taking like paint and do some finger painting and, and putting it up somewhere for sale in a gallery and saying I want five hundred grand. I think you should do that, and we'll, we'll donate it to the troops. <laughs> you think anybody it would be buy the it? most successful thing we did so far this year? One hundred percent. You think somebody would buy a finger painting of Sean Hannity? Dude, I, I dare that. you to do it. I dare you, you. You. You want me to do a? I can't paint. I don't. Know I didn't how tell to you paint. to be Picasso. I'm just telling you. You know. Do You're not Monet. You're one time I one time I met Steve Wynn. I was at the I was staying at the Wynn. We were doing shows down there. He's a brilliant guy. I mean, he's he's extraordinary. Just like Sheldon Adelson was extraordinarily brilliant. And when you sit and talk to brilliant people, I learn so much. Anyway, he invited me in to say hi. I was in the, staying in his hotel, and uh, he watches the show. And I I had a great time with him. Then all of a sudden, he he opened cigars. Was smoking a cigar. And then I look around the room and I'm like, 
oh my, I think that's a Picasso. And then I'm looking around the room some more. Another Picasso. And another Picasso. And a Matisse painting. And I said, those are, those are real paintings, right? And we're smoking cigars in this exact same room. I'm like, what are you, crazy? Oh, man. I thought that I'm was serious a as a heart attack. I think you get some finger paints. All right. You know, you have a couple of uh, vodka tonics and you get crazy and then we put it up for sale. I don't drink vodka tonic. I drink vodka, water, and Rose's lime juice lately. Or, or pineapple juice. When I, I love that, too. Ugh. Anyway, um, so Biden will lie about the rising crime rate in the country. I mean, that's just standard fare now. Politicians, you know, just like the Corrupt Politicians Act. And you can't count on any of these people to do anything that they say they're going to do, which is beyond disappointing. Hunter is obvious. Hunter gets a pass on everything. Imagine a Trump kid using the N-word. Imagine a Trump kid using anti-Asian slurs. Imagine a Trump kid lying on a gun application. Imagine a Trump kid dumping a gun in a dumpster. Imagine a Trump kid getting millions of dollars with no experience from Ukraine. Imagine a Trump kid getting three and a half million dollars from Russia. Imagine a Trump kid getting a, you know, money for an expensive sports car from a Kazakhstan oligarch, a hundred thousand dollar shopping spree from a Chinese national and a one point five billion dollar Bank of China deal uh, with no experience in that that we can find either. What would you know? Or imagine Donald Trump saying, "You're not getting a billion taxpayer dollars unless you fire the prosecutor going after my son." I'm so sick of the double standard; it's unbelievable. By the way, even Obama's White House ethics chief says the Bidens are sleazy. You know, there are a couple of honest Democrats, not many, but there's a couple out there. Um. Anyway, we have a rising star congresswoman, GOP, pointing out that the soaring inflation that America is now suffering is not an accident. And this is the way Joe Biden intends to pay for his out of control spending. This is an interesting theory put out by freshman congresswoman Nancy Mace and saying that Biden said that he's not going to raise taxes on low and middle income earners out of control. Spending by the federal government is causing inflation. And she contends that inflation is taxation. And you saw the Fed last year. They printed $4 trillion. They're on par to print $4 trillion more trillion. And Washington wants to do the infrastructure bill and any spending through the budget reconciliation process because they can't get a, a, a majority. They can't get over the 60-vote the, the hurdle that would be needed to do it the right way. So they'll have to you know, work with the Senate parliamentarian to to sort of ride that razor's edge and spend all this money. But already we're paying tax increases on everything we buy because of the energy policies of Joe Biden. You know, there's a um, a study shows that workers face a three hundred dollar hit, which is, should be surprising to most people. Tax Policy Center shows the White House plan to hike the minimum rate on on corporate taxes to twenty eight percent will effectively hit the finances of lower and middle class uh, Americans to the tune of $300 annually. That doesn't even include the high price of energy. Now there's a poll out today. 85% of Americans are concerned with rising inflation, according to a Harvard-Harris poll that came out. Of course they should be. You know, we're paying about $1.25 more per gallon of gasoline every time we fill up a, a tank. $1.25 more a gallon. We're paying more to cool our homes, heat our homes. 
Everything you buy in every store is going up because it costs more to get it there. It costs more to produce it. And no matter how many times I say it, I guess some people don't believe it, but corporations are not going to pay these new taxes. They're going to pass the cost on to us. It's really that simple. And by the way, you know, we've already been watching the massive military buildup in China. Now, Biden's defense budget is going to downsize the U.S. Navy at the worst possible time. And Biden is now sucking up to this new president of Iran that's even more extreme than Ahmadinejad back in the day. I mean, it's so stupid. This is all America last. Look at their border policy. Look at their power grab policies. Look at the, you know, soon we'll be debating packing the courts. But the Hill is reporting Democrats think that Biden is running out of time for his radical agenda. They're getting worried. The squad is getting worried. The squad is angry that Republicans stopped this 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 voting corrupt politicians election bill that they had yesterday. And they should be. Biden accusing Republicans of packing a Jim Crow era for the 21st century. How about you? Why didn't you lift a finger in Delaware, Joe? Now Joe's allowing asylum seekers rejected under Trump to come back to the U.S. to reopen their cases. That's how much they want illegal immigration in this country and amnesty. And Biden's approval rating starting to sink. According to a Des Moines Register poll just released, they found a sharp, uh, a sharp drop in his approval rating there. That shouldn't surprise anybody. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Leonard Skinner, simple man. That can only mean one thing on the Sean Hannity Show, Hour 2, and that is all things Bill O'Reilly and all things Bill O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. Uh, congratulations again, sir. Number one best-selling book in America, Killing the Mob. Um, I'm wondering when the mob is going to kill you for writing about them being killed off themselves. So, you know, whatever mob members remain, I'm not thinking they're liking your book, Bill. No, they love it. This is, uh, (laughs) what do you, wait a minute. Well, slow down. They love it. What do you mean? The mob loves your book. Explain that one to me. I will. Uh, first of all, did you miss me last week? I was in, uh, Wyoming. Doing some <laughs> I, I asked Linda, I said, where's O'Reilly? She goes, he's on vacation. I go again. I mean, you, you, was, you take more yeah, vacations well, than life. anybody in radio and TV. Yeah. My whole life's vacation. I was roaming around Wyoming, uh, <laughs> comparing the culture there to the culture that we have in New York, where we live in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, there's, in other words, you, can, you were dealing with normal people for once in your life. Well, what I found out is pretty, pretty uh, interesting. Maybe we'll talk about it later. But to your point, Killing the Mob, six weeks at number one. Can you believe that's it? Amazing. No, listen, that's awesome. Good for you, buddy. Um, and, they, and it's a and great book. I, know, I learned a lot. I don't want to talk about it anymore because we've talked at length about it. But I learned yeah, I a lot. You don't want to be, you don't want to be redundant. Um, but we talk about how brilliant and good-looking you are a lot. That's redundant. You're but, such you know, you're, you're such <laughs> All right. But, you know, we should. I'll tell you what. We need to have this discussion. Okay. Bill O'Reilly, we're kind of old school. We kind of grew up blue-collar. Uh, we both had dads that hit us with the belt because we friggin' deserved it. Uh, we didn't. We, we weren't uh, damaged, although an argument could be made. Maybe we were. Uh, but we survived it, and and you know we didn't melt like snowflakes do today. And by the way, I don't use I don't I don't believe in corporal punishment myself for my kids. But anyway, no, I don't either. There's this new trend in television that I didn't even know was going on. Maybe you know more about this than I do. Do you know that oh that that there is a very high percentage of of people on television in news and and other television guys that are getting Botox apparently is very fashionable. Um, now, Bill, I'm not against people. I'm, I'm very libertarian. Do whatever you want. But the idea of ever putting a live virus in my face, it's never going to happen, Bill. Like I'm never going to get a Manny and a Petty. That's never going to happen either. Um, have you found this? Um, number one, I get Botox every Tuesday. No, that's a lot. <laughs> I, I would never do that. I, I so that's why, you, but, that's why you look the way you do. Okay, that makes sense. But Hannity, that's what I was going to say. Uh, God has blessed me with incredible handsomeness. Oh, my and God. And even though I'm, I'm getting older, I, I'm getting better looking. I'm like Johnny Carson. If, if you look at Johnny Carson when he was a young man, he was much better looking when he was an old man. That's me. 
But um, I think that... (laughs) By the way, is this like you get up in the morning, you go mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the best-looking anchor of them all? I mean, what are you... No, here's... I don't even look in the the mirror. I I quote Joe Namath. I can't wait till tomorrow because I get better looking every day. That's what I do every morning. But getting back to the Botox in, in television land... I mean, a lot of these people are only on TV because of their looks. They're dunderheads. They don't know anything, and they just kind of throw them up there because they. You mean like prompter readers, people that just read a teleprompter? We all know them. Uh, I can name them if you'd like, but I'm not going to do that. But that's what that's all about. I mean, all they have is a physical thing. But there's a deeper thing here that I want you to think about. So my philosophy is I came in at the pleasure of the deity he created me or she whatever you want to do up there <laughs> so right? you're, you're going to say that god anointed you to be bill o'reilly on no, television no, no. he didn't anoint me to he created me and then okay. our catholic theology acknowledges that i was created and my mother that. and my father's dna was handed down to me and this is a gift life is a gift so my philosophy, and I don't impose this on anyone else, is that I'm going to go out the same way I came in, which means I'm not going to get a tattoo on my neck. <laughs> I'm not going to put a piercing <laughs> through my nose, and I'm not getting Botox. I just, I mean, but, the, but, all right, but focus on one thing at a time. By the way, I'm not getting a tattoo or a nose ring or, or any earrings or none of that crap. I'm just old school. I don't know why. But the idea, because I've, I actually read about it, it's a live virus. That they, they, they take needles and shoot it into your face, and then apparently it gets rid of wrinkles in your face. And apparently some people even have really bad side effects from this. And, and apparently then you can't even move your face. You're sort of expressionless. And I'm so stupid, I had no idea that this phenomenon was happening until fairly recently. Wow, I'm shocked. I mean, that's been going on for a long time. Um, what happens is that if you have an eye, what they call an eye job, you look like an owl. So your oh, eyes God. are like this wide open. I'm going to tell you <laughs> something. Maybe I shouldn't say this. And oh, you can boy, cut boy, it hang out. on, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. I got to warn my staff. Be ready to hit the dump button. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. All right. My friend, and he was, Peter Jennings, I did have him. an eye job. He, he had did. an eye job, and and he regretted it because it did alter his appearance. And you know, there's something to be said for getting older gracefully. Mm-hmm. Is there not? I mean, you know who if you looks all right. So, how old is Clint Eastwood? You've interviewed Clint. I've interviewed Clint. Yeah, he was. He must be in his nineties now, right? He's not like ninety years old. 90, he, he's okay. ninety-one, but. But, but I love now. If you get. look at Clint Eastwood, he's got he wears his life on his face. He looks rugged. Right. He looks tough. He, you know, I doubt he's ever gotten Botox. I, I would be shocked he if not. he did. Okay, so and, and and I will echo your comments about Peter Jennings. Peter Jennings actually shocked me once. I think it was when my second book, uh, "Deliver Us from Evil," came out, and he came into the radio studio. And I and I looked at the book. He had a copy, and he had notes all over the book. He had highlighted the entire book, 
and then wanted to talk to me for an hour off air about the book and why I believe what I believe. His curiosity stunned me. You know who else was like that? Tim Russert. Tim Russert, you know, would call me and say, well, how do conservatives feel about certain things? I mean, that doesn't ever happen anymore. No, because both of those men were very interested in getting different points of view. Right. Uh, getting back to Clint Eastwood, I know him pretty well, as you know. And uh, the advantage that Clint has over everybody else is that nobody would ever make fun of his appearance because he would shoot them. And so he <laughs> just lightly through. Go ahead. Uh, make my un- day. Right. Yeah, go ahead. All right. And, but Eastwood is a good example of somebody who at 91, still at the top of his game, He's got a movie coming out in November. I know. Okay. And and he doesn't give in to age. He does what he wants to do. And he's going to go out the way he came in. I love that. Uh, look at Gran Torino, which was, um, I guess it was a number of years yeah, ago. But he, that was a great movie. All right. So let me, let me ask you this. So what is a yeah. Bill O'Reilly Wyoming vacation look like? Because i got to be honest, Bill, I don't really see you as a guy hanging out with a buffalo roam. I was with the buffalo, and they love me, by the way. They, they, they go to no, Bill Wait a minute, they're all fans of the night. factor? Were they asking yeah, for today's they, talking they, points? They love me on the factor, they love me on BillOReilly.com, and they ordered many copies of Killing the Mob. So what we did was we went out there. Uh, yeah. because uh, one of my urchins had never been to the Tetons and Yellowstone. And you got Here we go. There. You're calling your children urchins again. All right, go ahead. Yeah, you know. And you got to go there. It's, it's one of the most magnificent places. No, I've been Earth. there. So I've been to my, Wyoming. Out. I, I, I love it the out same there. Time, at the same time, I was working because I'm always working. And what I wanted to find out was this, and I think the audience will be very interested. Wyoming, probably per capita, it is the smallest, populated state in the union, although the 10th largest in landmass, probably per capita has more guns and homes than any other state in the union. Yet it is eighth in violent crime. Okay. Eighth lowest in violent crime. The culture in Wyoming is we have the right to defend ourselves. And because there are bears roaming around and because it's a very rural state, <laughs> did you run into we a are bear going to defend ourselves? But this is important. I think they have open. Ca- do they not? Correct me if I'm wrong. If I remember, I think they have open carry. In other words, you can have you can have a sidearm. I don't know the state law there. I have to be, but I do know that very few people in Wyoming lock their doors. <laughs> they, they don't are need not to. A- of crime because there is no crime. And the reason there is no crime, Hannity, is because the few miscreants are severely punished. So if you are a criminal, a drug addict, whatever it may be, you're not going to live in Wyoming. You're going to go to San Francisco or New York where you can do whatever you want to anyone and no one will punish you. John Lott wrote his famous book. There's been numerous updates to it. More guns, less crime. 
And and I think you make a, a great point here. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Can you commit right now that you will indeed visit the U.S.-Mexico border, and will you do it soon? Jeremy, let me tell you something. Yes, I will, and I have before. Listen, anybody, especially if you're from California, you know, I've spent a lot of time on the border, and it, both going there physically and aware of the issues. All right, as we continue, all things Simple Man Bill O'Reilly on BillOReilly.com. All right, I've got to ask you one political question. So the Republicans were able to unite and did something good for once. Um, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in, in many Republicans. Uh, I think Republicans as in, in general can be weak and feckless and uh, it's way too accommodating to socialism. But they stopped SR1. I think we need three thing, uh, five things to reform our election laws in the country to ins- so that we have integrity in the process and confidence in the results. Voter ID, number one, signature verification, number two, chain of custody for mail-in ballots, number three, uh, updated voter rolls every election, number four, and number five, most states have statutory language that allows partisan observers, people on all sides, to watch the vote count up close from start to finish. 
Anything I'm missing, Mr. O'Reilly, simple man? Just one thing. There has to be limits on the time you vote. And look at New York City mayoral primary yesterday. We're not going to know. I know Eric Adams won. Okay, but I'm supporting Curtis Sliwa. He won the Republican ticket. Right. It's going to be Sliwa versus Adams. Um, But we will know officially for two weeks. That's insane. All right. So there's got to be a start point and end point. And that's all. And it should be discipline. And uh, otherwise, I concur word of the day with your five. But I would add that. I think all of that's good. Now the next question is, so I'm going next week. I know you're going on your tour, and we talked about it before you went on vacation with Donald Trump in December. I'm going to be with him. I'm doing a town hall with President Trump and Governor Abbott at the border in Texas. Only today, because Donald Trump announced he was going, did Kamala Harris say she's going to get down there this week. Uh, To me, that's a win for Donald Trump because he made that happen. First thing I said when I saw it, I said, they're scared of Trump. He's going to go down. He's going to get a lot of attention. So Kamala is going to go down. But you know what? Kamala's going to make it worse because I everybody agree. knows that she's not interested. It's uh, just a photo op where you guys with Abbott and Trump and you, um, you know, you'll be able to put forth, look, this is the way it used to be. This is what Biden did. And now this is the way it is today. A lot of people are going to watch that, by the way. And uh, I told the president, because I did speak to him a couple of days ago, not to comp you, Hannity, for any of the O'Reilly. <laughs> oh, so in other words, if I want to go watch the, the, the sold out tour with O'Reilly and Trump uh, in December, you're going to make me pay. Good. What is wrong with you? Friends don't treat friends I'm, like that. Know, I've been nothing but nice to you. I'm nice to you. I'm and this is how you repay me. Too. And well, I, anyway, I, I hope you yeah. had a good vacation. You sound uh, rested and relaxed. Uh, I got a couple of days off coming up around the 4th and in July. And uh... I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty on demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, 
navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I love that I'm hated. How's that? 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Why would I want to be liked by the mob, the media? I don't want to be liked by the mob and the media. I don't. They, they lie. They're propagandists. They peddle conspiracy theories, hoaxes, disinformation. They, the very thing they accuse conservatives of, they themselves are most guilty of. They claim that they're journalists. They're not. I mean, I think one of the, one of the funniest stories to come out was there was a story about Rachel Maddow that, that came out in this court case and a judge ruling that Rachel Maddow's show isn't news. Okay, that's, that's not a Fox News alert. It is totally, completely an opinion show. And I would argue my show is different. I'm a talk show host. I'm a member of the press. We do straight news. I can produce thousands of hours of straight news coverage on radio and TV. I can produce thousands of hours of investigative reporting, real investigative reporting, where we actually get real results on both radio and TV. Uh, Then, of course, we give an opinion and we're honest about what my political leanings are. I am a conservative. And, and my philosophy is simple. I believe in, let's see, liberty, freedom, capitalism, our constitution, low taxes, less, de- less bureaucracy in the government. I want choice in schools. I want free market solutions for health care, protecting free, pre-existing conditions. I believe in law. I believe in order and safety and security so people can pursue happiness. I want energy independence, I want secure borders, free and fair trade, and I want peace through strength. That's pretty much it. I wrote a big piece, we put it on Hannity.com, it was on FoxNews.com, asking very specific questions of their top, quote, journalists. So far, just crickets. Part two today, asking questions about Joe and Joe's history on racial issues. Anyway, let's get to our phones. As promised, Larry is in the great state of Florida. You might have a new neighbor coming down there one of these days soon. That would be me. How are you? Yes, sir. Hi, Sean. It's a great honor to be on your show, and I uh, sure hope that you uh, leave the state of New York to come and join us in uh, sunny Florida. I actually immigrated from the uh, People's Republic of Canada a few years ago under the uh, President Trump's administration, and I really love it there. Um, I actually, I'm a, I'm a conservative immigrant, so I actually paid and waited for my uh, green card, unlike the uh, people invading our southern border. And um, I'm really uh, happy for the honor to be on your show. Um, I just wanted to reach out and say that uh, when I immigrated here, it was under President Trump, but this was during the uh, impeachment uh, uh, clown circus of uh, 2019. And I was stressed, and I started volunteering for the uh, Republican Party of Florida 
And for the first time, my stress level went down a little bit as I was doing voter registration. And uh, they kind of liked me because then they hired me as a uh, field organizer for the uh, Republican Party of Florida. And we actually did pretty good in Santa Rosa County. We doubled our number of, of uh, registered Republicans. And uh, now that the campaign is, is, is over, then I went back to the private sector and I'm a volunteer again. And uh, I just wanted to reach out to your lesson, listeners and, and let them know that uh, there's a lot of things that are going on right now. And even in a conservative state like Florida, we have a uh, rather uh, left-leaning school board. Uh, we have county commissioners who actually are not so much... Uh, in, in, you know, in line with our conservative movement. So you got to watch out for these people. And as, as my focus was all on President Trump's campaign last year, I realized that um, we have county commissioners that are actually uh, not so much in favor of the Guardian program, which is training and arming uh, volunteer teachers in our schools. And, uh, but we also have like pretty cool stuff going on. We're trying to um, name uh, the uh, Navarre Causeway as the Donald J. Trump Causeway. Uh, this is a project we're working on. We're going to have a, a, a huge uh, Trump boat parade uh, in Navarre later on on September 11th. So uh, if you want, if you guys want to come down and, and, and see this. Uh, well, let me, let me tell of- you what I'm taking out of your call. First of all, you're a great American and you're 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 explaining something and expressing something that I'm not even sure you intend to express. And that is that by involving yourself in the process and 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 even getting measurable success, you know, doubling the, the number of registered Republicans, that you feel good about it. You feel like you're, you're progressing, you're doing something. Um, yes. Well, that's the same in anything in life. That's why, you know, it's, it's very important that people have a purpose. It doesn't matter. I don't care if your purpose is flipping a hamburger every day. You got to get up and you got to serve other people. Produce goods and services people want, need, and desire. And then you're providing, you know, something of value to people. And that's great for your self-esteem. It's, it's just healthy. Um, I think to lay around and do nothing and just selfishly pick what I'm going to do for any given day would be a pretty boring existence. But the, the bigger message here is I hope people are hearing you because they can help too. And they can volunteer also. And if you exactly. want, if you don't like the direction of the country, Join the likes of Larry in Florida and go do something. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely, sir. And, uh, you know, if, I, if I'm an immigrant, if I can do it, well, so American-born citizens can, can do too. And uh, there's a lot of Republican clubs. They all need your help. Uh, if, you leave, if you live in a very blue state uh, like Oregon or California, I would encourage you to maybe move to a purple state and get involved in the local Republican clubs and let's make that state red again. Um, there's a lot of things that can be done. Get involved in your school board. Get involved with your board of county commissioners. Let them hear, let them know that you're you're alive and and the movement is uh, is alive and well. Appreciate you calling. Keep it up. Thanks, uh, Larry. Good job. John is in Chicago. Uh, John, thank you for checking in. Glad you're with us. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. So I'm a Chicago police officer. I've uh, been with the department for 18 years. Yeah. The reason I'm calling in is because uh, I wanted to just let the people know how low the morale is um, in Chicago, uh, the lack of leadership. Um, we don't have support from the higher-ups, the mayor, the superintendent, who was brought in uh, uh, from Dallas. Uh, he's basically a puppet for the mayor. So uh, instead of the superintendent running the department, it's basically uh, the mayor that's running it. Um, we probably have about a handful of aldermen. There's 50 aldermen in Chicago. Um, there's probably a handful that, that have our backs. Um, 
we're basically handcuffed. They don't want us to do our job. We're demonized. And, um, you know, cops are pulling back from that. Um, we have working 12 hour shifts. We have our days off canceled. No, you know, we don't get a Memorial day off. Even if we're off that day, Memorial day, 4th of July, we don't get any holidays off. Our days are canceled. Manpower's super low. Um, you know, we, our contract expired. Can I ask you a question, John? First of all, thank you. 18 years as a police officer in Chicago. I look at Chicago now as a war zone. Last weekend, 50 people shot. I mean, it's like, you know, gunshots every weekend. The number just varies. Every Monday we get a, we get, we get a, how many people shot count. Here's my question. Yeah. Okay. You're willing to risk your life to, to serve and protect your community. Why has nobody stopped this problem? Because I used to scroll the names of people shot every weekend when Obama was president and Joe was vice president. And it's just as bad, if not worse, today. Now, I know it's not your fault. What, what is the cause? Why is this happening? Why are, why is, why are these shootings continuing? Well, the mayor would say, as she would say, it's um, illegal guns coming in from Indiana. That's not the case. The case is we have a radical left district attorney, Soros-funded Kim Fox, and we have liberal judges, the chief judge, who it's a revolving door. You get caught with a gun, you're out that same day. Before I even get off my shift, they're out. Uh, re- gun Repeated gun offenders, um, they're Judges are sending a $500 bond, so they got to pay $50 to get out 10%. So the problem is that they're not, there's not a gun problem. There's a crime problem, and they're not going by uh, the judges are just letting these people go. So, it, it's, so it's basically all, just like New York, no bail law. And so you exactly. rob a bank, you get caught, they let you out. You rob another bank, you get caught, they let you out, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, and just like, you know, New York made a decision, different counties, that even though we have video of people committing arson, people involved in looting and rioting, uh, not one of the people are going to be prosecuted from last summer. Well, that's a license to go out and, and burn more buildings, rob more stores, loot more stores, and commit more crimes. So if you're not going to enforce the law, then this is what the predictable result is. My advice to you, how, how many years in before you're allowed to retire with your full benefits? Uh, at age 50. So how old I do you still have a couple more years? Do you know, do you know there's eight? My, my advice is, is, is to ask for desk duty and I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't risk your life much more. You've done, you've done 18 years on the streets, get your pension and go work somewhere else. That's the way it's going. Got to move it's sad. I mean, I'm, I, and I'd give you advice, not because I want you to do this. It's because they're not helping you do your job. They're making it impossible for you to do your job. And at that point, yeah, what's, the, what, what's the point? And every cop I know dreamed of being a cop. You, you're willing to put your life on the line for innocent people. And you have no yeah, support. They don't want us to chase nobody. Um, you no, yeah, you get a report too. over the radio with, uh, you know, a vehicle description. You see that vehicle, you pull it over, and it takes off. You cannot go after that person. So that person that just shot somebody, you got to let them go. So you know, dreaming of being a cop when you're younger and doing all the hey, good John, things. And let me tell you, find states like uh, South Dakota and Texas and Florida. They love cops. They're hiring them from yeah. from other cities and other states. 
Get your pension and go work at a department that will give you the support you you deserve. That's my advice to you. hundred percent. If I thought you could fix it, I would give you my advice on how to fix it. But there's no way you can fix it. This is out of your hands. This these a bunch of stupid politicians that that are institutionalizing failure, institutionalizing lawlessness, institutionalizing shootings and mayhem and murder. I blame them, not you. You're not the problem. If they would use you the right way, you'd be the solution. Stay safe, my friend. Thank you. All right, back to our busy telephones. Kevin, Minnesota, up next, Sean Hannity Show. What's up, Kevin? I've got two questions as far as the uh, re-voting, I think, in Georgia, and is it Pennsylvania? No, right now you have an audit in Fulton County in Georgia. They, They now apparently don't have... Any chain of custody records, which is required by law to keep them. You know, I'm, I'm watching the left meltdown. Number one, H.R. 1 didn't get passed. It shouldn't have gotten passed, uh, which would eliminate all voter ID and no signature verification, no checks, no balances, no integrity whatsoever. It actually has Obama now claiming Republicans are going to steal the 2022 midterm elections. No, they're not. Um, and then out in Maricopa County. Uh, They're doing an audit out there. Now, if they're doing an audit for the purposes of learning what went right, what went wrong, how is that a bad thing? I've identified five separate things that are needed for election integrity. I'll say them again. Voter ID, signature verification, chain of custody controls, updated voter rolls every election, and partisan observers, people on all political sides, get to watch the vote count from start to finish. You know, why why are people melting down over an audit? Now, I've spoken to many, many attorneys. I want to be very clear here. I don't know what, what's going to happen. I know that Pennsylvania is talking about it. I know Wisconsin officials uh, are talking about it. Michigan officials are talking about it. I don't know what's going to happen with these audits. And if it comes back that they find widespread fraud that they hadn't found before, I've talked to many attorneys, people saying, well, then that means Donald Trump's president. And I'm like, no, it doesn't, because there's nothing constitutionally that that I or any smart lawyer that I've talked to, I've asked them that they see that that would allow for a redo of a certified election. There's nothing that I see. And I don't see Congress, the Senate or any court, especially the Supreme Court. That would have the appetite to even take a case like this. So I think, you know, for people that think that, well, this is because this is going to put Donald Trump back in office. The only way Donald Trump gets back in office from what I can see legally, constitutionally and from a practical point of view is in January of 2025. And that's and that. But you need election integrity. So what happened, the things that. They didn't follow the laws. Partisan observers didn't observe. The Constitution wasn't followed. They had dual standards of of identification for voting in Georgia, for example. Um, You know, you got to fix those problems now before 2022. Anyway, appreciate the call. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, in a moment, we're going to uh, be talking with Congressman Dr. Ronnie Jackson. Uh, now, he had worked for presidents. He was the White House physician for both President Obama and President Trump. 
And recently he has come out publicly and he has said that he thinks that Joe Biden needs to take a cognitive test. I agree with him. I mean, you've got these look at what happened at NATO, the weird gap. You know, it was like 10 seconds of um, 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 he has the most difficult times with names um nato is an unmitigated disaster where he's even being laughed at by the by the g7 group and uh then when you ask him about names you know for example or or take when you ask him about taking a cognitive test he kind of loses it every time that issue comes up listen i want to thank the the uh former general i keep calling him general my my uh the guy who runs that outfit over there representatives uh Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Lizzie Pinelli, uh, uh, excuse me, Pinell, and uh, what am I doing here? For Secretary of Health and Education, I nominated Javier Bacaria. You know, there's two ways the American people get inspired. One way they get inspired is by great leaders who are, you know, called us to peel our better angels from Abraham Lincoln to all the way, you know, to... FDR to to uh, John Kennedy, uh, Barack, etc. They actually, I. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that. Uh huh. Uh huh. The answer Hello? is, uh-huh. I believe he has in the past essentially acknowledged that he was uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? Hey, come on, man. You, you, it's like asking, taking a test, did you do cocaine? Come on, are you, are you a junkie? Well, that would be zero experience, Hunter. Anyway, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, uh, he was the White House physician, as I mentioned, for both President Obama and President Trump. Uh, then now there are people out there trying to discredit Ronnie Jackson, saying that this is political. Um, but he has called for Joe Biden to undergo a cognitive test. So the commander in chief proves to the American public after all of these, I don't know, moments that he has. I mean, it's, it's very clear that he's he's a cognitive mess. It's pretty transparent. You don't need a, a medical degree from Harvard Medical School or John Hopkins or NYU to figure this out. It's 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 pretty discernible. And when you couple that with Joe's flashes of anger gets, you know, immediately like a, a switch goes off. You know, we have a right to know whether or not he is mentally alert enough and has the mental capacity to do the hardest job in the world. Donald Trump took the test and got a perfect score. He was told before he took the test because I asked him. I said, when you took the test, what did they tell you? They said, whatever the results are, we have to publish. We have to release them. Meaning if you don't, if you didn't do well, that will come out. And he said, fine, I'm going to take the test. He ended up acing the test. Um, I spoke with him after and he said it was not exactly an easy test either. Anyway, Dr. Jackson uh, joins us now. Ronnie Jackson, sir, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Sean. Pleasure to be with you. All right. You're calling on Joe Biden to immediately undergo a cognitive test to assess mental impairment. 
the very same test that Donald Trump took when the media was demanding it. Okay, he took it. My understanding is he got a perfect score. Is that true? That's absolutely true. He got 30 for 30 on it. And, uh, you know, that's because he had no cognitive issues. And I, uh, I submit to you that Joe Biden would not do near as well on that test. And, and it would re- reveal that something's actually going on and would have objective data that something's going on. And that's what they really fear is they don't want any objective data. We all see it. I mean, you know, you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a former White House physician to watch this man on TV and see that something's not right. And so, you know, I'm just out there pushing it, saying, hey, it's time for him to take the test. It's time for him to reassure the American people uh, to the extent that he can that, that he's capable of being our head of state and our, and our commander-in-chief. He's embarrassed his overseas now. You know, and he sent the wrong message to our allies. He sent the, uh, he's, he's emboldening and, and encouraging our adversaries with his behavior. Uh, everyone's taking advantage of him. He's being tested on a, on a daily basis, whether it's Iran or China, uh, you know, or, uh, or Russia, whatever it is. And, and he's just not passing the test. And they're going to just keep pushing the envelope and just getting away with more and more. And he's not pulling the strings, Sean. He's not. Uh, there are other people in the West Wing that are driving this ship, and uh, he's just out there as a figurehead uh, on, on the good days when they can get him out there. But it's time its time for the public to know. Okay. The American people can see this. It raises a whole set of questions in my mind. Who knew what, when about his cognitive struggles? Let's, I'm, I'm trying to be charitable here. From everything that I've read and every medical professional such as yourself that I have spoken to, especially those that are acutely aware, most many people may not know still, that he had two frontal lobe surgeries and removal, and it was done in the 80s at a, at a time where it, it tended to result in cognitive difficulties as one ages. I'll let you say it. I'm, I'm giving you the layman's analysis here. But what do you right, see? Yeah. Because what I see is if, it's, if he's struggling cognitively, that would normally be degenerative. In other words, it's going to get worse. And I would assume the pressures of the job of being president, the, the hardest job in the world, would probably accelerate whatever condition he may have. Would that be a good observation? That's absolutely right, Sean. He did have those. He had two aneurysms that were clipped. The first one was found because it was bleeding. He had a hemorrhagic stroke is what it, is what it amounted to. Uh, he had a second one later on. I th- you know, if I remember correctly, he didn't even go back to work in the Senate for months and months after the first one because it caused so much disability. Well, that inevitably did some brain damage. It killed certain areas of the brain that, you know, that didn't recover from that. That's what all strokes do. And so as you get older, you rely on, on, having, a, on having a reserve in your brain that you can fall back on as other areas in your brain don't function as well. And I don't think he has that reserve anymore. And I think you're right. I know what the rigors of this job are, both mentally and physically and how demanding it is. And he is not up for the task, and I don't think he has the reserve to do this. And we can see him struggling and failing on a daily basis now. But, yes, this test was specifically outlined. And if you look at the reason for doing this test, it's a screening test looking for issues like Alzheimer's and cognitive disability related to strokes. And he has had two documented strokes. Let's talk about the surgeries that he had on on each side of his brain, frontal lobe surgeries, as I understand it each time. Uh, doctors that I know that do brain surgery, I have two friends that are brain surgeons. They've given me great detail about, about the way the surgery was performed at the time that he had these issues in the 80s. They do it very differently today. What do you know about those surgeries? 
Well, they went in and they, 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 he had these aneurysms, and one of them, you know, ruptured and bled. And so they went in and they just tried to clip the vessel to stop the bleeding. Um, and, you know, what happens when you do that, when it bleeds initially, all the brain tissue distal to where that injury was, it, it, no longer gets, it no longer gets blood. Therefore, it no longer gets oxygen. Therefore, the tissue that's dependent on that oxygen can die off. And there's always a, an area, right, that's most severely uh, impacted by that, that that doesn't recover. And then there's an area called the watershed out around it, you know, that, that, uh, that recovers. And so it just depends on, I don't know what the extent of the damage was, but there was inevitably some amount of damage related to this loss of blood supply and this loss of oxygen to the brain. And so, you know, I, that once again, I think that, that, that that's why he's not doing very well right now. I think that he doesn't have that reserve to fall back on at this point. You know, everybody, like I've said this before, I think I've told you this before, everybody ages differently. We all know people that are 100 and something years old, they're sharp as a tack, and we all know people that are in the early 70s that are having a lot of difficulty. Unfortunately, he's He's from that from that category that's having a lot of difficulty, and he's not aging gracefully. It's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. They're trying to roll him out on, on, on good days now, get him out for small, short periods of time, give him screened questions to ask, give him bullets and talking points from the questions that they know that the press is going to ask from people that they've already identified. And even with that, he's having an incredibly difficult time. So I have no confidence whatsoever right now that he will be able to perform uh, you know, when he really has to as our president. What's amazing to me is the I always said it during the campaign that he was in the media mob, big tech candidate protection program. Now, I argue that Joe Biden is being protected again. This is the presidential uh, protection program uh, provided by the media mob and big tech. Once again, every single person I talk to sees exactly what you're seeing and what I'm seeing. World leaders, they study American presidents. They watch their every move. They watch every word they ever say. They're being studied at a very high and very on a very sophisticated level. And that means America's enemies. That means people like Putin, people like President Xi, the Iranian mullahs, Kim Jong-un, uh, radical Islamic terror, terrorist groups. They're all watching. Now, they're not being influenced by the media cover-up of what is obvious is that Joe is cognitively weak. Now, the people around him, they also have to know what's going on. If anything, they know it's a lot worse than what what they're allowing us to see because they limit the time that he's available publicly. He averages less than one agenda item uh, on his schedule a day. He disappears every single weekend. If there's a big event that he has to go to, he's he's missing in action for days and days in the lead up to such uh, an event. That would tell me that they're preparing him and resting him as much as possible, perhaps even treating him. I don't know if there's any treatment. One has to ask that question. Is that a possibility? Is there any treatment that could enhance enhance somebody's cognitive ability are there any medicines that would enhance one's cognitive ability if they were struggling absolutely there's medicines out there you know that they use for alzheimer's and different types of cognitive issues and those are the questions we need to have answered you know has he had to have they had conversations about this have they already done some testing that we don't know about is he on medication to help him you know get past this those are all questions that the american people deserve to know whenever i was president trump's physician we we were fully out in the open with every single thing that happened to President Trump from a medical standpoint, all the medications he was on, everything involving his mental health and his physical health. 
And those are the kinds of questions that they need to answer for us. And you're right, his staff and people around him are covering this up. And, you know, Sean, my theory is that, you know, back in October, when it looked like there was no way President Trump was possibly going to beat, the economy could be beat, the economy was booming, so on and so forth. I think that the Democrats had already conceded, and I think they really didn't care who their nominee was at that point. They thought it was going to be a lost cause this round. And then COVID came out, and they capitalized on that, and they realized maybe we have a chance to take this election. But then they were stuck with Joe Biden as their nominee. So I think that they looked around and they said, oh, my God, what do we do now? we got Joe Biden as our nominee. So I think that they've been working on a contingency plan of getting rid of him at some point in their future because they know they're going to be forced to because of his cognitive performance. And I told somebody the other day, I said, you know what? I said, ask me about this a year from now, if he's still there in a year from now, because I won't be the one talking about it. The Democrats are going to be the ones talking about it because they will come after him at some point. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with Congressman and Dr. Ronnie uh, Jackson. He was the White House physician for President Trump and President Obama. And as we continue, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, now Congressman Ronnie Jackson, he wants Biden to take this cognitive test. There will have to be a lot of explaining by the people that were around him. And what did they know about this condition and when did they know it? Um, now, it, and, and just to be fair to, to people, I'll, I'll look at Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is as as mentally sharp as he was 20 years ago. He's got a high energy level. People, I can tell you, the people, because I knew people that worked with Donald Trump, he wore everyone around him out. I mean, everybody around him was exhausted, and he was still ready to go another five hours. How many hours a night did he sleep? He slept, he slept, he slept between four and five hours a night, never more. That's about what I sleep. And, yeah, and I'm yeah, perfectly and fine. Up, yeah, he, um, you know, I saw him on Monday, and he looks fantastic, man. He looks great, Sean. If he decides to come back, he's going to be a force to be dealt with for sure. But my point is it has nothing to do with age. You know, you can have a – you can be in cognitive decline in your 50s for crying out loud. Uh, I right. know pe- people that's happened to. Bernie Sanders is older than Joe Biden, and, and he's, he's got it together. He's sharp as he's ever been, right? Yes, sir. That's a, crazy, that's a great but example. Cra- he's a crazy loon, but, you know, he's still articulate and he doesn't have these brain farts like Joe Biden is having every five seconds. All right. Tell me about this test. What would the test consist of? What do you what? So it's, it's a screening test, Sean. You know, it's not really made as a, as a comprehensive test to look for cognitive, uh, you know, to, to, to diagnose or, you know, really break down cognitive issues. It's a screening test looking for cognitive issues. The same way that we screen somebody for colon cancer, for, for heart disease, uh, so on and so forth, this is the screening test for cognitive issues. And so, you know, if you don't have any cognitive issues, you should be able to do pretty good on it. I think, you know, a normal score is like 27 out of 30. Like I said, the president got 30 out of 30. But, you know, it, it, it deals with, you know, can, can you draw shapes? It has like a three-dimensional uh, cube, and you have to redraw the well, cube. Well, I'll tell you what There's we'll do. One day I think yeah. I'll, maybe I'll let you give me the test, and unless I score well, I'm not going to report it publicly. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you for being with us, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, Congressman Ronnie Jackson. Uh, thanks so much for being with us uh, from the state, of, great state of Texas. We'll continue. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program, just your calls for the next half hour. Uh, let's say hi to Judy. Judy is in Texas. And Judy, thank you for calling. Hi, Sean. How are you doing all the liberty-loving people in America? Uh, I we have lo- a call to action. Uh, I missed that part. Say that again. I have a call to action. Okay, what's your call to action? I love that. What is it? First of all, I'm a nurse, and 
I think we, like you said earlier, can all do something. We're all gifted in something. We can help our community. I'm a full-time nurse, but I help volunteer. I help kids with homework. That's when I find out what they're indoctrinating our kids with. I help teach the truth. I was a poll worker. And speaking of election integrity, and that's what made me move to Texas. I was a poll worker in California and got out of there. And so um, I just say we all can help our neighbors. We can help our friends. We can help them with their homework. We can, you know, do all kinds of volunteer work. Or it's an action call. We could be the activists instead of the left-wingers. Listen, we've got to, I used to always say we need to become the media. All right, conservative talk radio, that, that fills one, one, one gap. Uh, the few of us, and there's not, look, not everybody at Fox thinks like Sean Hannity. Let me be very blunt, very open, very honest. But there are a couple of us that are conservative. Um, and there's a lot of people on Fox that I disagree with, which I'm fine. By the way, I'm totally cool with it. I'm, I'm fine with that. Nobody tells me how to do my show. Nobody tells me what opinions I've got to take. And I've been doing it 25 years. They pretty much leave me alone to do my show. And, and, and we remain independent and we go our own way. We do it our, the way we want to do it. And I'm grateful to have the opportunity. Um, now I would argue the next step for conservatives, and I'm not capable of doing this. I don't have the, <laughs> Linda can weigh in here. I barely have the technical knowledge to download an app and everybody around me knows it and it infuriates everybody around me. I don't even have email. I don't have any access to any social media. I, I constantly am changing telephones even because uh, they always break. And when they don't work the way I want them to work, I, I just I get another phone um, because by the time you get it repaired, it takes forever. And so but we need our version of Twitter our version of Facebook, our version of Instagram, our version of, of YouTube. And I know there are efforts now that are out there. Which one will emerge as the winner? I don't know yet, but I, but I strongly support it. Like for a while, I thought Parler was, was going to be a nice alternative to Twitter. We saw what happened with Parler. So now that we're kind of back, back to the drawing board again, but it has to happen. Because, you know, we've, we've, we've done a couple of tests. Linda, you can attest to this. Usually in years gone by when I would tweet, there'd be like, you know, a whole army of conservatives that, that would come in with comments supporting me. And there'd be people that hate my guts. And, and actually some liberals can, act, can be funny and, and I'll laugh at even if they're making fun of me. Now it's like 100%. Hannity sucks. Hannity sucks. Linda, true or false, right? We've actually yeah. tested it. And then we went back. Linda went back. Somehow she figured out how to do it and looked at at tweets from whenever ago. And we'd look at the comments and like 80 percent of people agreed with me. There's like nobody left on Twitter that's a conservative anymore. I know Levin's it's actually not that what, what they're is doing it? is that they're suppressing. So what they what they can do through their algorithms is they can make sure that certain people's messaging, certain people's conversations do not reach designated parties because they don't want the message to get out. So what 
conservatives have to do and what's very hard for conservatives to do because we believe in capitalism and independent responsibility and entrepreneurialism is we actually need to work together and not everybody be out for the glory. And if we did that, we'd be in good shape. So, for example, instead of hashtagging every single right wing thing that you think everybody needs to know about, leave all of it out and you put See, in something I, else. Let me tell people this, too. And, and, and I, I, I don't want to take all of Judy's time. Are you still with us, Judy? Let me just tell you, I've I'm been here. approached. I'm with you. I have been approached by people to partner financially in, in some of these endeavors. And I'm and I'm and by the way, I, my instincts would be this would be a, a if it's done right with the right people that I trusted and believed in, it would probably be a good investment. The problem then for me becomes if you really do allow free speech, you're always going to have a, a, a bunch of idiots that say stupid Adam Schiff uh, on whatever the platform is. And let's say if I own 5% of the company, I'm going to get 99% of the blame when people say dumb stuff. So that puts me in a bad position. Now, I don't even go to visit these sites. So, you know, it puts me in a box that I I just don't feel comfortable being put in, to be honest. Uh, Linda and I have talked extensively about that. You actually agree with me that I'll get all the blame. Yeah, well, unfortunately, you're the name. So whenever you have any one partner, unless they're going to be silent and we're going to be anonymous and they're just going to be a partner in, you know, financial and get an ROI on their equity investment, then otherwise you're out of luck. Yeah, I mean, so my answer is I'm encouraging anybody that's involved in it uh, on, on the best level that I can. Um, but, you know, I'm, I want to focus on these two shows that I have. It's an honor to be on this radio program every day for three hours. I love doing the TV show for an hour every night. You make this possible. It's my job to do a good show every day. And I'm going to stay fully focused on that with an eye on 2022 and an eye on 2024 because the country is literally hanging in the balance. And I believe that with all my heart. Uh, Judy, thank you. You've been great. Uh, Pamela, California, glad you called. Sean, it's an honor to speak with you, to be on your program. Uh, my, my opinion is that the greatest source of voter suppression is caused by the Democrat policies of decriminalizing crime. It makes people afraid to go out and vote when there's bums and junkies or shotguns in their neighborhoods. And if we're talking about mail-in ballots, the mail doesn't get delivered in certain neighborhoods because of the crime. Sad. Stolen out of the box. Yeah, right. and by the way, we know how to fix the problem. Rudy Giuliani did it in New York. Forget about Rudy's politics for a minute. Rudy Giuliani was able to show that if you if you if you hyper focus your limited police resources in the areas that have the most crime, we're not talking about race here. We're talking about where where, where is most of the crime happening. And you can save lives because there were nearly 3,000 homicides a year, and he drove it down to 300. Those are human lives being saved. Does he get credit for it? No. But the policies worked. We can duplicate that if we want to. We, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Long, we have brave men and women that are willing to serve and protect their neighborhoods and do their job, but they're not getting supported today. And they're getting in trouble for even doing their job. So it's, you know, we're, 
you know, it's, it's even gotten to a point for me in my life, not that I want to talk too much about me, is, you know, there, there are places I don't go because I know the very sight of me in, in the leftist mind will trigger them. I mean, that's how insane it's gotten. You know, when I see a liberal that, you know, maybe somebody in television, I say, hi. I mean, I don't really give a, I, I, I don't give a flying Adam Schiff about who this person is. But, you know, apparently that's not their reaction. But you're right. These policies, you know, it's a threat. Now people can't even have a mailman drop off the mail anymore. That's sad. What you're saying is sad. Linda, true or false? Certain places I will not go now where I used to go. That's 100 percent true. There's I mean, we're riding the subways in fear. We're walking down the street. People are getting hit with bats. You know, well, we have no, criminals. No, no, no. Coming I don't do it out us. of fear. I'm not fearful at all. I, there's, there's no fear in my body about going. Right. But you're not going places. to willingly go somewhere where, you know, there might be a confrontation. It could and be a be confrontation there. and that right. I have to protect you're myself. Avoid it. Right. I'm, a, I'm avoiding it more for their sake than mine, to be very honest. I don't want to be involved in that. I don't 100%. want to be part of that. You know, I'm actually a very peaceful person. And at times when, when people have become confrontational with me, I do everything in my power to defuse it. Can I buy you a drink? Would you like, let me take care of your bill. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll, so the, I'll, none of those people have been around you when your technology isn't working then, because you're not very pleasant then, <laughs> i got to tell you. But That's now not a fun I'm, in, time. I'm in a good spot right now, because I only have yeah. one device, and, it, and it's new and it works. One device that you operate, everything else James takes care of. I, I don't do any. Well, I, you you do all the social media. <laughs> I crap. do a I lot do of any, it too. I, I don't know. do any of this. You, Kristen. I mean, I have a whole team that does this. Could you imagine? I mean, would you really want to deal with me on Twitter again? Oh everybody, God, no. everybody, I never want you on Twitter used again. To explode. Well, I I'd be posting at like three in the morning. I'd be fighting, you know, one of these liberal idiots, and people are like, "What is wrong with you? Go to sleep." I'm like, well, I can't fall asleep because well, I'm on the stupid thing. Well, well, I don't know why you're not falling asleep, considering the fact that you're in a dojo for four hours every morning with Glenn. But, you know, no, it's only an hour and a half, two hours. That's it. Oh, my God. No, it's not. It's so much longer. There's the there's the pre talk. There's the chit chat. <laughs> then we got to get you in the dojo. We got to stop. We got to text somebody. Uh, it's like four hours when all said and done. He's he's, he's killing me every day. I'm I, no doubt. I, a friend of mine, I actually swam in a pool not that long ago, which I rarely do. And a friend of mine goes, what happened to you? And I'm like, what? Because the whole, you're, you're black and blue on your entire left side of your body. I'm like, really? And I didn't even know it. And I said, yeah, I'm, oh, yeah, that's right. Glenn, that was Glenn. But I have black and blues every day. That's just part of my training. It's a little love tap. <laughs> it's not exactly, I wouldn't describe it that subtle. way. By the way, and then we, so we were at some event in New Hampshire. I think it was in the last election. It wasn't the last election. Lawrence Jones was with us. So Sensei is there. You know, he's doing security for me. And we're having a dinner. It was a really nice dinner. I usually take the both radio and TV. I take the whole team, even, you know, everybody that works on both shows. Um, if you're involved in any way, I invite you. And we throw a dinner one night when we're on the road. And so that was that dinner night. And then I stand up and we did a demonstration of pain day. You were there. You remember this. I and then there. I offered Lawrence Jones $1,000 to see if he could take it. And he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't take it. 
Um, Orange Jones is a very smart man. Oh, I get. I still give him a hard time about it. Um, all right, let's say hi to Jim in Kansas. Jim, how are you? We got about a minute. It's all yours, sir. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. It's an honor to speak to great American patriot such as. Well, thank you, my friend. Donald, and Donald Trump's running mate in twenty twenty four. Got a question about uh, Biden shutting down the Keystone Pipeline. He said it was due to climate change and stuff. And how can he justify Putin's pipeline? Is it because he wants to line his family's pockets with more money or out of his allegiance to Mother Russia? All I can say is, is if any of the Trump kids got three and a half million dollars from a Russian oligarch, the first lady of former first lady of Moscow, and then Joe Biden, who just signed an, an executive order that wiped away 11,000 high-paying career jobs in the energy sector for the Keystone XL pipeline, and then gives a waiver to Vladimir. I'm sorry, to me, the first thing I would think of, and if it was a Trump, the media would think of, is that Joe's compromised. Because it makes no sense whatsoever. Now, we're also paying for our Western European allies' defense vis-a-vis NATO, the defense, their defense against Russia. Now they are making Russia and Putin, hostile actor, hostile regime, rich, because now they're doing billion-dollar energy deals with Putin. Now how stupid does that make us as a country? It makes us dumb. This is what America last looks like. Under Biden, it's America last. Blame America first. That's where that that's the state of the country today. It's it's unbelievably stupid. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Uh, Miranda Devine, what a column she wrote about Hunter's laptop from hell. New information. Eric Trump will weigh in. Senator John Kennedy, he's become like one of our favorite guests. We love him. A nurse that's fired for not getting a vaccine. How unfair is that? And Senator Ron Johnson and more. Please set your DVR. Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight. We'll see you then. Back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us. You make this show possible. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.